Welcome to the Climate Capital Podcast, where we interview founders who are solving the most difficult and important decarbonization problems in the world. Climate Capital, across our funds and our syndicate, is one of the most active funders of early-stage climate tech in the world. Today's episode is led by me, Vijay Rajendran. And today, we're interviewing two really exciting founders, Dimitri and Aaron of Enduring Planet. For full disclosure, Enduring Planet is a portfolio company of Climate Capital, where I work as a Climate Capital Syndicate investor and advisor. CCPod is not investment advice and is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Dimitri and Aaron are two of the co-founders of Enduring Planet, a fintech platform that offers fast, flexible, and founder-friendly working capital to climate entrepreneurs. Their flagship product, the Climate Grant Advance, is specifically tailored to the needs of government-backed climate entrepreneurs, offering quick working capital to execute on a grant without having to wait for the state or federal agency to make milestone payments or reimburse for expenses. Their vision is to build a platform that offers financing and services that enable climate entrepreneurs to access the capital they need to be successful. I'm delighted to welcome them to the podcast today. So, Dimitri, Aaron, tell me, where are you joining me from today? Hi, Vijay. I'm in Washington, D.C. And I'm in Portland, Oregon. Excellent. Um, and tell me a little bit about your uh, your backgrounds. Um, are, are Washington and, and, and Portland home? Have they always been home? I came down to D.C. for grad school um, over 10 years ago. Um, I was looking at uh, master's programs in international development, so just Googled the top 10 schools and decided to go to AU because my sister was also living here. And, and then I met my husband here and bought a house and had a baby. So we're, we're plugged in here now. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I moved to Portland from the Bay Area um, after finishing a pretty long stint in, in big tech. And uh, we migrated here sort of coincidentally with the pandemic uh, and also planted our sort of roots and I don't expect to be leaving anytime soon. It's a really incredible town to raise a family and I think build a business as well. Absolutely. I agree with, with that about both places. Tell me, how do you introduce yourself at, at parties or at a conference? Erin, why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, this is a tough one. I, I was reading this question. I wasn't really sure how to answer it. I usually, you know, being DC based, you're, you're always talking about your profession. So I, I tell them about Enduring Planet. Um, and people are generally very interested and intrigued about the work and, and excited about the impact. Um, and then I tell them, you know, usually that I'm from Connecticut. And then I have a two and a half year old who's the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> awesome. And to meet and, uh, yeah, I, so it's interesting when we moved to Portland, it was the first time that nobody asked me what I do for work, which I, I actually really love. That was like the first question in the Bay, similar to DC. I think at this point, you know, I'd say that I, I work in climate and I'm, I'm trying to fix this existential problem. Um, I'm also a parent, um, and I will argue with Aaron to the end of days that my six year old is the cutest. <laughs> you know um but i guess she can have the cutest two and a half year old and i can have the cutest six year old 
Okay. I think that sounds only fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I, I've, this has always been sort of my focus. I've, I've worked in climate my entire career and, and like Aaron, um, have been in climate finance now for some time. Um, and that's actually kind of what, what brought us together. Yeah. Tell me, George, how did you meet and, um, and decide to work on building this company together? Well, Aaron and I actually met many years prior to starting Enduring Planet. I, I was working at Facebook running a catalytic finance program focused on emerging market clean energy deployment. And it's, it's not a very well known program, although we, we ended up deploying quite a bit of capital and, and accelerating almost half a billion dollars worth of investment into climate and emerging markets. And Aaron actually pitched me for her fund at the time and, we we didn't end up making an investment, but there were no hard feelings. And uh, <laughs> a few years later, uh, in sort of the spring of 2021, I was starting to think about building this company, and I really wanted a co-founder who not only had a, a significant depth of expertise and credit, but also someone who had the background in raising. Um, concessionaire and impact aligned capital. And Aaron was one of the first people I thought of. And, um, I, I ended up having really good timing because she had just, she was just about to finish her maternity leave. And, um, she seemed to like what I had to say. I don't, I don't know. Aaron, anything you want to add <laughs> to that origin story? Yeah. I, I think those, um, those phone calls in the early days, you know, when I was deciding to um, join forces with Dimitri were also pretty critical in terms of the vision um, that we had for uh, the culture of Enduring Planet and how we wanted to show up every day and just how important our family life and, you know, the cliche work balance was. Um, and so it just, uh, I think, you know, especially being a new mom, um, and Dimitri's sort of not only patience, but just like encouragement around like breastfeeding and, you know, like having to reschedule calls with the board, like as they were interviewing me, because my son wasn't napping at the time I thought he would nap. Um, I just think was really, um, the more I reflect on it, the more I feel. Uh, that it was a, a really critical piece to um, standing up and during planet the way that we have. Uh, that is amazing that you, it was it was so intentional and that you're you're able to live your values. Describe the problem you're solving and you know why it's so important and 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 you know why why you choose to work on it. Yeah, I think. The problem is twofold. Um, one, there's just not enough capital going to climate change solutions. And if we want to make a dent in um, reversing climate change, that that needs to change. And then two, I think it's the way that capital is dispersed. And, you know, the even the process um, is just is like everybody hates fundraising and like, and you know, the underwriting process. And so I, I, um, you know, coming from my previous companies, it was sort of standard to underwrite a deal for a year. Um, and, and certainly, you know, getting to know, um, 
the operators of the company and visiting and doing all that diligence is really important. Um, but, you know, Dimitri and I just really value climate entrepreneurs time. Um, and, and that's also, you know, time is of the essence that we need to get capital into these people's hands more quickly. And so the process needs to change too. And Dimitri, you've been in this space for some time. Is there something shocking about the status quo that you think most people uh, out there in, in the general public don't know? I mean, I find a lot of it still shocking to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, just the high level statistic is pretty shocking, right? Like we need nearly $10 trillion of investment per year in climate solutions to meet our decarbonization goals globally. And we are at best like one sixth of the way there. And that is investment every single year. Mm -hmm. um, that's not some total number. Um, yeah. and I think that's pretty shocking. I also think it's, I mean, it, specifically, if you look at our, our current focus, we, we fund, we do a lot of transaction work where we're supporting climate entrepreneurs who win state or federal funding. And one of the things that's sort of shocking about this type of funding for people who don't spend all time, all their days working in this space is that most of it is actually done on a reimbursement basis or it is done on a milestone or deliverable basis, which means that of the $20 billion of state and federal funding that flows to R&D and commercialization and climate, companies actually need to do the work before they can get the funds, which for early stage startups is incredibly difficult because you, you kind of have to have the money to get the money. And that problem disproportionately impacts underrepresented entrepreneurs. And, and this is also a thing that we care deeply about. It's actually part of our corporate DNA. So we prioritize lending to underrepresented founders, diverse teams, and companies serving marginalized communities. And those groups are actually disproportionately impacted by this problem because, you know, if you need to have the money to get the money, but you're also, let's say, part of the 1% of Black founders that or part, not part of the 1% of Black founders that can access venture capital, but you want a grant, you're really in a tough spot. And so we provide a really key liquidity solution to those types of entrepreneurs. You know, a lot of people listening to this might be asking themselves, uh, because perhaps they're less um, uh, acquainted with the industry, you know, why hasn't the traditional uh, financial services and institutional lending community addressed this uh, area already? What's been stopping them? So uh, maybe I'll take this and then Aaron, feel, feel free to add. I think that there's a few factors, right? One is that traditional financial firms generally don't lend to startups, period, or to earlier stage small businesses, right? You look at commercial lending from banks outside of venture debt, it's very, very difficult to access credit as a early stage company or a small business. Two, I think that historically, a lot of folks have looked at these types of receivables, um, especially when they're coming from government, um, as, as having sort of an additional layer of complexity and difficulty. Because if you're doing this type of lending, historically, what you would ask for is a counterparty guarantee. So like the, the payer has to commit to the transaction as well which is nearly impossible to get to the government. And so I think people have sort of avoided it. Um, I also think that, you know, when it looks, when it comes to 
products like the Grand Advance, there's a lot of perceived risk in the payments that does not actually align with real risk. And I think this is common across any new industry is and and you could you saw this sort of in residential solar in the US for a while you you to see this and and saw this in energy access finance and emerging markets is that the traditional finance industry takes I don't know 5 and 15 20 years to get their perceived risk to where real risk actually is and that creates a pretty large opportunity for sort of early stage um or SMB and startup financing um, maybe the last thing I'll add too is that uh, the regulatory changes that happened for banks specifically uh, back in like you know the financial crisis, those actually had a really significant impact on banks' ability to finance startups and SMBs, and that's part of the reason for the huge influx of sort of fintech lending, alternative credit. A lot of these institutions that came in to fill the void over the last you know two decades. Definitely, yeah. There, there's definitely there's been a sea change of banks uh, lending to um, small business less and less, and uh, certainly their uh, risk models are not able to um, consider alternative or, or creative forms of financing. So, uh, you know what what you're doing is is not just like innovative, um, but but really uh, filling a a gap here. I'd love, love to switch gears and focus on your experience as founders. Talk about some of the, the hard things uh, that come with running a business and, and, and building one. I'm wondering if either of you would like to, to share uh, with us the story of a big problem, challenge, or even crisis that Enduring Planet may have faced and something you learned from it. Well, I think... I mean, we've faced a lot of challenges, right? Building building a startup is is always hard, uh, and I feel like every day we face challenges, right? Um, I think that maybe one one big one to point to has just been the difficulty of the fundraising environment, which I think a lot of startup entrepreneurs are facing today. Um, the venture ecosystem has dramatically shifted in the last two years. And I think accessing capital is really difficult, both for for us and also for the founders we support um, and for the broader ecosystem. And I think for us, the, the big learnings have been, one, to really build and cultivate a community of folks who truly understand the problem and and are willing to bet early and take risks. We're very fortunate to have been able to raise capital from some really exceptional investors who, um, you know, like Climate Capital, who really like get in the trenches with us and work out these problems. Um, two, I think really thinking about the business in terms of sustainability and, and profitability earlier than I think is generally accepted in the startup ecosystem, right? Like, I don't think anybody expects the seed stage business to get to profitability. And I think we're on track to do that. Um, I also think just getting creative with the sources of capital. Um, one of the things that we've been able to do that is pretty unheard of in the fintech lending ecosystem more broadly is that 
we've been able to access debt capital at both a cost and an advance rate that is, I mean, dramatically better than anyone else we know um, because we have this commitment to climate. Um, so we were able to raise our first debt facility at probably half the price and a much, 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 much better advance rate than a typical fintech lender would. And that means that we don't have to raise as much equity to build our business. Our new facility. uh, When you say a typical fintech funder, that's because most of them are balance sheet lenders or they have lines of credit that are much more risky and more expensive in terms of the interest rate they're paying? Typically, if you're a fintech lender, you would go to uh, an institution that provides you a warehouse line. Mm -hmm. So um, they, they effectively own the loan book. They have discretion over what loans are eligible. And they have a lot of control over how you deploy capital. They also have really pretty hefty requirements around what your balance sheet looks like, how much risk they take versus you take. And it's a really unbalanced model. And and they can pull that warehouse line if they feel like it. Yeah. So they can stop giving you money at any time and it basically can kill your business. And so... You know, when we first went out to the market, when before we we even started lending, we were getting offers at like, and this was in a nearly zero rate environment, right? We were getting offers at like 15, 16% of a cost of capital and a 70% advance rate, which means, and for those who don't know what an advance rate is, it means that for every dollar you want to lend, the lender will give you 70 cents and you have to put up 30 cents. So if you want to do $10 million worth of lending, you have to have $3 million of equity capital, which for an early stage is incredibly expensive, right? And in our case, we were able to raise our first debt facility at a 10% cost of capital and a 90% advance rate, which is basically unheard of. And that's largely driven by the fact that we have this exclusive commitment to climate, but also because you know, largely Aaron has this really incredible network of impact-aligned investors that we were able to tap into um, who have who really believe in the catalytic power of their capital. I actually wanted to ask Aaron about that. Uh, Aaron, in your experience, when you're talking to this network, this community of folks um, who already believe in, in your potential, what surprises them when you're kind of showing the results of how this portfolio of founders and, and, and entrepreneurs you're supporting continues to grow and and, and you're uh, originating new loans? I mean, I think people are, you know, this time around really intrigued by the grant advance product and just generally surprised that you can have won a multi-million dollar grant and not have the funds to actually execute it um, in a timely fashion. Um, so I think that's surprising. Um, I think... You know, I was just sort of reflecting on our, like one of our, you know, the hard parts about our business is also that um, it's hard to describe the portfolio impact. So people, you know, investors are looking for CO2 emissions avoided and some kind of metric that, you know, they can compare an investment with our fund to other funds. But our portfolio is so diverse and, you know, it has such a range of 
you know, stage of companies, sectors, industries, things, like projects that they're working on. So I think investors are surprised and, and delighted when we kind of get into the nitty gritty of the actual programs, the grant programs and the, the actual projects that the companies are working on um, to hear sort of the outcomes of those projects. Amazing. Question for both of you, and we'll start with Aaron, is in kind of reflecting on your experience and this journey building an enduring planet, what has been the most helpful piece of advice you've received as a founder? I haven't received the advice directly, um, but I've always really admired um, the work that uh, Kenny Arth does. They're, they're an impact first fund. Um, and I think they, they actually just, you know, put out an article, like 10 learnings over 10 years of Mm -hmm. being impact first. I've always felt that that team has kept things very, you know, real and straightforward. Um, and so I think, um, you know, just doing, you know, not talking about it, but just going and doing um, and making the decision um, is really critical. I think the nice thing about Dimitri and I is that we are basically polar opposites. <laughs> um, you know, Dimitri is very like reactive and quick to make decisions and, and, you know, sort of once the decision is made, he's, he's, he's moving a hundred miles an hour. Um, and I'm sort of like slow, more, more reflective. Um, and, you know, sometimes decision making comes more difficult for me. Um, and so, you know, I think that balance is really nice um, that, you know, I'm not just kind of stewing in, in indecision, but that once we, you know, do make a decision, we can just go do, you know, just go and execute. And then the next kind of, you won't know how it is until you're doing. Right. And that's great uh, to just take that step forward. And it yeah. sounds like you can take that step forward together, which which is a a, a good situation and uh, for uh, anyone to be in and to have that kind of partnership. Dimitri, how about you? What's been the most helpful piece of advice you've received as a founder that you'd like to to share with others? Oh man, I have a whole book. Um, we actually, you know, it's interesting. So we publish uh, a content series specifically around giving advice to climate entrepreneurs. Um, so if folks want to check it out, they can go to our site and 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 check out our insights. We partner with experts in the space around sort of key topics, um, generally focused on capital, but also some of them more on operations. But I think Aaron's point actually reminds me of, of some of the more effective advice I've gotten, which is that when you build your team as an entrepreneur, um, it's really, really important to find people who complement you in ways that sort of you you are deficient or you lack. And um, I remember someone once saying, look, if you could picture the perfect entrepreneur to build this business, the perfect founder, what are the skills that they have? And then think about yourself and what you're missing and like build the team that addresses those gaps. And I think that's part of the reason why 
Aaron and I work so well together and why our third co-founder, Josh, is, is also like a really incredible member of this group because the three of us really bring very, very different things to the table, uh, both in terms of skill set, but also in terms of perspective, in terms of background, in terms of attitude. I think there is fundamentally a cultural alignment around how we want to build a business and the type of sort of day-to-day we want to see. But I don't think Enduring Planet would be anywhere close to where it is today if the three of us weren't these like puzzle pieces that really fit. I think in the end, like building a company, I personally am not a big fan of the like the solopreneur mantra that I hear a lot. Like I think the best companies are built by teams that can come together and view problems from different angles and take these, you know, make really difficult decisions together. Absolutely. And it sounds like you have different but complementary skills, attitudes, um, styles, uh, but that, that cultural fit that makes the puzzle pieces come together as a team. On that note, how can people uh, learn more and get in touch with your team? So I think, you know, folks can go online, um, go to our website, EnduringPlanet.com. Uh, we're also pretty active on, on LinkedIn and Twitter. People can just email me at Dimitri, D-I-M-I-T-R-Y, at EnduringPlanet.com. Those are probably the best ways. And we're always looking to connect with talented entrepreneurs and climate with fellow investors. We we actually share deal flow with over 300 investors in climate. And so if there are folks who want to come and partner with us, um, we're happy to connect with them. And also other ecosystem stakeholders. You know, we we have partnerships with most of the leading accelerators in the space. We uh, work with a ton of other operators. Um, you know, our goal is really to ensure that climate entrepreneurs have the money they need to be successful, whether it's our funding or not. And so However, we can do that. We're, we're happy to partner up. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you, Dimitri. Uh, and, uh, thank you to everyone for listening to our conversation today with Aaron Davis and Dimitri Gershenson about their journey with Enduring Planet. If you'd like to learn more about Enduring Planet, do reach out to them. Or if you'd like to get involved with work Climate Capital is doing, uh, you can check out our website. Uh, climatecapital.co. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time.